Welcome back to Tyrants on the Field. As always, I'm your host, Joe. And we have brand new Steamroller uh, from Privateer Press, which is absolutely excellent. Um, and that we have it, and that they have uh, provided a, a slight update today. Uh, Travis just posted it on the Facebook uh, here and also on the Discord. Uh, so let's dive into it. Um, for those that don't know, uh, Steamroller is the competitive packet that uh, Privateer Press has put out for the last um, you know decade or so, uh, and it's actually started uh, by a guy named Hacksaw a billion years ago in the long, long back uh, as a way to balance out tournament play. Uh, Privateer Press absorbed it uh, into their ecosystem uh, and have been updating it since. And this is our first uh, official Steamroller packet for uh, specifically developed for Mark IV. Uh, we did have Steamroller uh, 2022 prior to this uh, in 2023, uh, but those were essentially the same packets. It was a packet developed under Mark IV uh, that had been in use for about four years under Mark IV. And it was definitely showing its age. Um, still very good scenarios overall, but uh, very excited for the, the fresh and new ideas presented in Steamroller 2024's uh, preview packet. So let's jump into it. Um, a couple of big things to get out of the way. Uh, if you are used to previous Steamroller, the large rectangular and large circular zones are gone. Um, they're not being utilized as part of the packet. Uh, they are moving to a more objective-based uh, terrain. And with that um, come some, some interesting new elements. So the, the new elements are objectives, objective terrain, flags, and caches. Uh, one big, one big huge change um, for everybody involved is that scenario elements are no longer models. They are, they are not models in uh, in any sense, uh, and so that that does quite a few uh, different different things. One, um, your electro leaps, your AOEs, no longer uh, will be absorbed into those items. So something to consider. First off. Uh, additionally, these scenario elements may move during play as, as part of the scenario. They don't always do it, but it is something that can occur. So let's get into the different types and sort of what they do and, and how they work. So let's talk about objectives because these are radically different than you would know objectives as. Um, so objectives here are represented on the tabletop by either a 30, 40, or 50 millimeter base. Uh, objectives are not models. They do not block line of sight. Models can advance through an objective if it has enough movement to completely move past it. If a scenario calls for it, calls for the objective to move, the objective ignores models and terrain when moving as long as it has enough movement to completely past any model or obstruction that would prevent its final placement. So a couple of very important points here. If the scenario does allow it to move, you do have the potential to body block it. Uh, because it must have enough movement to get past your base completely. Um, so a little bit of a little bit of a tactical piece there to consider as we move into this packet. Uh, for a 50 millimeter objective to secure it, i.e., score it, uh, 
you must have one or more leader models, cohort model, or a battle engine within three inches of the objective, and no opponent contesting it. Uh, meaning no singular model of your opponent is within three inches. Uh, Inert War Jacks and Wild War Beasts cannot secure. A player secures a 40 millimeter objective if they own one or more leader models or units within three inches of it and no opponent can test it. For a unit to control the objective, all models in the unit still in play must be within the same three inch zone, three inch, uh, three inches of the same objective. A player secures a 30 millimeter objective if they own one or more leader models or if they have one or more leader models or solo models within three of the objective and no opponent is contesting it. An opponent, an objective is contested if one or more of your opponent's models is within three inches of the objective. Leader models, inert war jacks, and wild board beasts cannot contest. Flags and objective terrain. Some terrain on the tabletop can also serve as an objective in some scenarios. If scenario has a flag marked before deployment, starting with player one, choose a piece of terrain within five inches of the 20 millimeter flag, place the flag on it, on, in, or next to the piece of terrain to present that, to represent that it is now an objective piece of terrain. A player cannot choose a hazard to be an objective piece of terrain. If no valid terrain pieces exist, leave the flag at the location speci specified in the scenario. The flag is no longer a token and becomes an obstruction objective terrain piece. If an objective terrain piece is destroyed, expires, or is removed from play, before removing the terrain piece, the player must destroy the terrain. The player that destroyed the terrain piece places its flag anywhere outside its edge, then remove the terrain from play. The flag then becomes an obstructive, obstruction objective terrain piece. A player secures a piece of objective terrain by having two or more models within the area of the terrain or within two inches of the piece of terrain, and no opponent contests it. A piece of objective terrain is contested if one or more of your opponent's models is within area terrain or within two inches of the piece of terrain. Leader models, inner warjacks, and wild boar beast cannot contest. So couple of bits here. Uh, one is a bit of clarification that was provided by Lauren on the community forum in regards to this that is not reflected in the wording. When you select um, your terrain piece, you may only select flags you control um, or flags that you own, uh, meaning at the, at the start of the turn, the flags that are closest to your deployment zone are, are the ones that you may pick which uh, terrain piece is utilized if there is an eligible piece. <laughs> so that is that is one bit to consider uh, in uh, in the selection of side. So these are interesting. the The whole terrain feature uh, that is selected becomes the effectively the area zone, uh, and then within two inches of that is where you may score it from or contest. And scoring just requires two of any model. Two of two of any models that you own uh, to be within two inches of that uh, terrain piece or within the terrain piece. 
uh, and leader models, inner, inner warjack models, and uh, wild war beast models cannot contest. And you just need one model of yours uh, within two inches of the two inches of the train or within it uh, to uh, contest. Caches. Uh, caches are very interesting. Uh, caches are not models. Caches do not block line of sight, and models can advance through a cache uh, if they have enough movement to move completely past it. You can only score off your opponent's cache. To score a cache, you must have a friendly model forfeit its combat action while in base contact with your opponent's cache. When you score a cache, immediately remove it from play. So caches are interesting. You only ever score uh, on those that are owned by your opponent. Uh, it requires you to be in base to base and requires the model in base to base to be able to forfeit its combat action to then remove it and immediately score. Uh, killbox. Some scenarios include the killbox rules as indicated on the scenario special rules. Killbox, starting on the first player's second turn, if a player ends their turn with a friendly leader model completely within 12 inches of their table edge, the opponent immediately scores two victory points. Uh, assassination victory, when only one player has the only leader model remaining in play, that player immediately wins the game. Even though the game is over, players score one last victory points based on the final game state. This scenario does not change game results, cannot lead to scenario victory, even if you end within three points more than your opponent after your assassination victory, but it does affect the scoring of the game. If all leader models are simultaneously destroyed, the game ends. Victory is determined using tiebreakers. Additionally, count and report army points destroyed in accordance with the third tiebreaker. Scenario victory. When a player has fulfilled the victory conditions described in the scenario, that player immediately wins the game. Additionally, count and report the total number of all models destroyed by each player in accordance with the second tiebreak. So, first scenario is recon four. Uh, let's talk about the special rules, particularly victory condition, because this is the victory condition across the board. Um, this one, the killbox scenario, uses the killbox special rule as described above. Uh, scenario victory. A player who has three or more victory points more than their opponent after scoring on their opponent's turn immediately wins. What does that mean? That means you cannot win on your turn. You have to win on your opponent's turn, and you only win uh, by having three or more uh, differential than your opponent does at the end of your opponent's scoring turn. So you always get a rebuttal. <coughs> so that is a that is a pretty big change from the uh, 5-0 scenarios that you could have gotten into in previous editions. Pretty, pretty big deal. Alright, so this one has... Uh, you mark two flags, two 20mm flags, which become terrain objectives, uh, two 30mm objectives, which are scored by solos, and two 20mm caches, uh, in accordance with the diagram below, starting on the second player's second turn. At the end of each player... end of each player's turn, a player earns victory points as follows. Uh, if you secure a 30 millimeter uh, objective or terrain objective, you score one victory point. Uh, if you capture the cache, you score one victory point. There is no limit to the number of victory points a player can score. Game length. The game ends at the end of the second player's seventh turn. 
one other note when setting all of these up, you measure to the edge of the base uh, that you're setting up. So a little bit of a little bit of a change to how uh, we used to work off center. Now for ease, we're just working to the we're just measuring to the edge of the element. So the first one, pretty straightforward scenario. Nothing moves. Um, you're going to have one terrain element. You're going to have one uh, 30 millimeter objective that is going to be scored by solos or leaders. And you've got a cache. Uh, the elements are kind of clustered toward the center. Uh, then you have battle lines. Battle lines adds an additional element, uh, which is you have um, four objectives on the table. You have two 40 millimeter objectives and two 30 millimeter objectives, and you got a flag. Um, for each side becomes a terrain objective. At the end of each player's turn, you must choose one player's objective, or you must you must choose to move one of any player's objectives three inches toward their opponent's table edge. You may not choose the same objective your opponents chose on the previous scoring turn. There is no limit to the number of victory points a player can score. So here you kind of have a, an interesting bit of movement on the, the terrain element where you're going to be able to manipulate the battlefield slightly uh, every turn um, that is scoring. So from second player's second turn, uh, you will begin to see that these objectives move uh, and that will change the battlefield slightly. Now they move three inches toward the opponent's table edge, it's towards, not directly towards, that's intentional. Um, so you can do with that what you will. And then our final scenario is Wolves at Our Heels, uh, which has an additional bit, uh, which is the Wolves Advance, starting on the first player's third turn. Extend the kill box by two inches at the beginning of each, each of the first player's turns. So you have a collapsing kill box in, uh, in this scenario, starting on turn three. So if you're a run-and-hide caster, uh, you're going to be in trouble uh, in this scenario. You've got you to make sure that you know that you've got to continue to move your caster uh, outside of the collapsing kill box. Again, uh, you have to outscore your opponent by three on your opponent's turn. Uh, this one has two 50mm objectives, two 40mm objectives, and two 20mm caches. According to the diagram below, player earns victory points as follows. Uh, one for the zone secure, one for the, ca one for the cache captured. Uh, if a player's 40mm objective is closer to their opponent's edge, then their opponent's 40mm objective is from the player's board edge at the end of the player's Second, second player's fourth turn, uh, it gets you three victory points. No points have tied. At the end of a scoring turn, when a player controls either player's 40 millimeter objective after scoring victory points that turn, uh, they must move that objective three inches toward the opponent's board edge. There is no limit to the number of victory points a player can score, and the game ends on the second player's seventh turn. 
so this is a very interesting complex scenario uh, that is all about the the risk reward of getting your objective as far down the field as you can safely so that you can take advantage of the the big score jump on turn four and you have a collapsing kill box so this this is a, a very interesting scenario in that regard so what what does all this mean in, in new steamroller one there's a lot of mark four ideas in here and, and i mean that in the most positive sense you are trying to add more dynamicism to the game by having living breathing scenarios in that the scenario positioning changes the the static the staticness of a zone is no longer there uh, in some of these ones i mean in fact it's a it's a we have three scenarios in two of the scenarios elements move at a, at a given pace so it's it's continually forcing you to adapt on the on the field uh, forcing you to think differently um, additionally we maintain um, sort of our traditional concept of a zone reimagined as these objectives uh, because the objectives have different scoring types based on their size and means we need to have good force balance to be able to score in, in a majority of these. Additionally, we're, we're looking at a packet that is going to score a little bit slower than we're used to. Uh, we're going to have an ability to react to our opponent and not be able to run away in a single turn on scenario. It will still occur, but our opponent's going to get a snap back on it. And so I, will, I do think you're going to see a, a pretty significant amount of games sort of go attritionally heavy. I think attrition is, is going to be huge in this uh, in the steamroller. Not that it isn't always, uh, but very much it's about killing off the elements that you can, uh, not overstretching on scenario, and then only committing fully to scenario when uh, you have the attritional advantage, at which point the opponent is, is unlikely to be able to outscore you or to uh, to score score in a manner that uh, that stops your inevitability. Um, you're going to need to be hyper-focused on keeping your caster alive, and you're going to need to be hyper-focused on opportunities to eliminate the enemy caster. Uh, I think assassination is going to be huge in this packet throughout the entirety of its life. Because it, it pretty much is dictating that one player's main out is going to be assassination. Uh, if they want an actual resolution within the game. So I think it's I think it's a super interesting packet. I, I look forward to seeing what people think 
of it fully. Uh, we've had it for a couple of weeks now. Um, we finally just have a nice PDF um, from uh, from Privateer Press on it, and uh, I look forward to uh, to seeing what people think. Uh, we got a really lively discussion going in the Discord uh, for Steamroller 2024, and uh, yeah, give it a try. Tell, love to hear what you think in the comments, and uh, we'll talk to you on the next one.